Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Can, can you hear on me this, good? On this beautiful Monday. <laughs> beautiful Monday. Beautiful Monday. Uh, first, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for doing this with uh, with me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, just so my audience knows, um, you are, um, you know, a wonderful person, wonderful hum uh, a human being. So. Amongst your all of your accolades, I mean, you're an author, you're a professional speaker, you're a woman empower advocate, you're a three-time, about to be four-time author, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm correct. Um, so, and you are an entrepreneur, but above all, you are an absolute superhuman being, a kind soul, um, and somebody that I am blessed to know and absolutely can call a friend. So, thank you again. Thank you, and I can happily say the same about you. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. So let, uh, let's just dive right into it. So you are an, an entrepreneur, right? So when did you really start your entrepreneurship journey? Um, let's see. Actually, I kind of say that it found me. Um, mm. I don't believe that entrepreneurship is for everyone. Right. Um, and even now, so many years in the game, I'm learning that whew, I have some weaknesses. Um, mm -hmm. and so I, I'm hoping that I'm blessed enough in the near future to hire people to work my weaknesses. Cause I'm not a salesman. Right. I'm just not, gotcha. it's just not my forte. Like I'm the right. stuffer that gets sold, you know, like the <laughs> people come to my door <laughs> uh -huh. and, and sell, I'm going to buy it. Like I, I'm just a supportive person. And mm -hmm. so that part is not in me and, and being an entrepreneur, I, absolutely. You want to make a profit. So right. um, that goes without saying, sales are important. For, mm -hmm. So for me, I wrote my first book in 2009, uh, Pretty mm -hmm. Girl, Black Girl, Compliment or Insult. And mm -hmm. I was living overseas at the time. I was living in, um, I was living in Israel. Wow. And I published the book from there mm -hmm. without, with a publishing company. And before mm -hmm. I even gave them the okay to publish it, they did it without my knowledge. Whoa. And it immediately went viral within weeks. Wow. So it was on, you know, uh, TMZ, uh, Tyra Banks, you know, all these people were reaching out to me because of the title. Um, right. they, you know, they wanted to hear my feedback. And then I was in the media mm -hmm. for a scandal um, with someone uh, plagiarizing my book. Wow. So with that came a lot of media attention and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't capitalize the opportunity. I, I actually just prayed for it to go away because I didn't understand that any publicity at that point would have been good publicity <laughs> for me to push something. <laughs> right. um, but I didn't know how to do it because I wasn't an entrepreneur. I didn't understand that that was actually an opportunity. And so with mm -hmm. that, you know, I published the book and I, and I immediately, after months, I realized like, okay, publishing a book and sitting behind a computer isn't going to really get you sales. You have to be visible. You have to be in front of people. Um, right. And so I decided, and I started getting letters from young women asking me questions, asking me to mentor them. And I'm like, what the heck? Mm. What does that even mean? <laughs> right. Um, so I did, while I was abroad, I decided to study. I decided to go back to school. Later on down the mm -hmm. line, I ended up becoming a certified life coach um, mm -hmm. and opening up my own practice because really I had no other choice. Um, right. I was in demand for a service, and I needed to understand how to fulfill that service. Wow. And that's how I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you definitely so took a different... <laughs> it, it found me. Right. Oh, man. So that's super awesome, because I always say that, it, especially for us, for Black pe people, that it's really good to have your own. You know, even right. if you're working 9 to 5, or whatever the case is, and you have your 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 company like it's good to have you know your own business something to provide that extra income and have multiple streams of income as well so so how has that part um uh, even though it found you how is that part for you you know what i'm saying just managing now we're talking about what 11 years later uh you being an entrepreneur like how has that changed your life um it's good it definitely has ups and downs um mm -hmm. like like anything in life but i i think that it gave me more confidence um, to right. believe in my abilities than putting all of my hopes and dreams into someone else. 
And like mm -hmm. I said, I don't mm -hmm. believe entrepreneurship is for everyone, but I do believe that right. everyone should have a side hustle. And whether mm -hmm. that side hustle turns into a profitable, profitable business um, mm -hmm. is another determined factor. But I believe what you said, multiple streams of income in today's society is absolutely no way around that. Right. I mean, unless you're making seven figures on your job and you're comfortable and you have a good right. 401k, um, mm -hmm. I believe that you should have something of your own and even an in-home business so that you're able to write off certain tax deductions and things like that. Everyone else is getting over on the system. Rich people have found a way to make mm -hmm. it work for them and we right. need to find a way to make it work for us as well. Awesome. Couldn't say that better myself. So let's talk about birthing your goals into reality. So I know a lot of us have, you know, lofty dreams and, you know, vision boards and, and, and things like that, you know, that we've that we've had throughout the years. But what does it take to truly birth like your goals and your dreams into reality? Yeah, I mean, it all starts with what, visualization, just visualizing yourself somewhere where you want to be. I mean, I think that's the determining factor. I mean, dreams are just, I mean, goals are just, you have to have a goal, right? Of course. In order to be successful. But I think people stop with dreaming. They dream, they dream, and they never manifest their dreams into reality. So I think wow. visual, visualization is important and being able to mm -hmm. write down where you see yourself and then um, having micro goals for that dream. You know, and not and not uh, and, and realistic goals because sometimes I think we want to skip the process right. and get mm. right to the profit of the thing right. that we want to see. But we have to know that every you know everything takes time, and mm. I think a lot of the things that hinder us from our goals or our dreams is we start comparing ourselves to what we see, not really not realizing that perception is not reality, right? Wow. And so mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important to visualize where you want to be, break down your dreams into micro goals, and just focus on yourself. Like, just focus on you, solely you. Don't focus on how long it's going to take to get there. Because if you right. have a dream, if you have a story in your heart, I encourage you to follow it until you see it manifest. And it may not manifest when you want it to or when you think that it should, but it will manifest mm -hmm. in the time in which it that it was supposed to. Wow. That's very powerful. And and so and speaking of, you know, like your your goals and your dreams, I feel like especially in our community, we like mm -hmm. to, we, we, we tend to self sabotage a whole lot. Um and I feel like a, a lot of that may be because we feel like we're not worthy of what we want in, in life. It feel like we're always trying to seek approval from others, whether it be could be your managers or your job. Like you always seem to be kind of saying, oh my God, like, you know, I want this or can I have this or I want that raise, but how do I ask for it, right? right. Um, it seems like we're always just seeing to just saying, oh, I want this, uh, but I don't know how to get it, right? So you self-sabotage yourself so that you don't achieve the goals or you don't get what you want out of life. So how does one kind of overcome, you know, self-sabotage? Well, I think, First of all, is, is what is it that you love? What are you trying to obtain? Like, what is it mm. that you love to do? The first thing you have to do is study that. Become competent mm. in it. Because competency mm. increases your confidence, right? Mm. The more competent mm. you are in a thing, the more confidence you have in a thing. And so if you know, then you know. Mm -hmm. If you know, then you know. And then you can go after it because you know, you know what? Can't nobody do this like me. If no one knows what I know. No mm -hmm. one can get on the job and, and, and deliver the way that I can deliver. And so it's mm -hmm. not being arrogant, but it's being confident in your competence. Right. And when you have right. that, then nobody can stand in your way. But if you're well. not competent in your abilities, if you're not competent in that area that you say that you are a master of something in, if you're not competent in that area that you say that you are good in, then the confidence isn't going to be there and you're going to always be looking at the other person. Right. Or you're going to always and, feel that you need the validation from somebody because you don't think you've mm -hmm. got what it takes. Right. And, and, and that stands true uh, whether you have, uh, you know, whether you have your own exactly. business um, or whether you're in the corporate America. Um, right. And I, right. And that, 
but I do feel like sometimes even if you know your stuff and and you're confident, I feel like sometimes people do have a problem asking because they feel like they have this much rope, whether that, especially in, in, in the corporate world, like, I don't want to ask because what if they get mad that I'm asking and, and, and then I don't get the promotion or I don't get, you know, the raise I'm looking for. And so they tend not to ask. So in addition to what you're saying, which is 100% spot on, is don't be afraid to speak up. You know, oh, especially once you know your stuff, like the worst thing that, that they can do is say no. And if this corporation doesn't see your worth, then another one will. Um, right. So thank you for that. So when it comes to women empowerment, um, I know that that's something dear um, to your heart. And that's something that that, that you do, um, oh. as do I. But But, you know, what got you into women empowerment and being an advocate for women empowerment? You know what? I don't know because women have been my biggest headache. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like <laughs> you've helped a lot of women. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. you know People in general, I mean? but you definitely helped a lot of women. Um, I, I, I mean, I love women. I'm a girls' girl. I've always yeah. been a girls' girl. Even in high school, I'm just a social butterfly. So I've always been that type of person that you couldn't box me in with a click because I'm gonna talk. Mm -hmm. I'm a at high school, I'm going to be on the quad. I'm going to talk to mm -hmm. every group, every nationality, the, the whatever. Whatever they call it, the right. groups or the band club or the social club. Like, you're going to see Aisha at every one of those destinations. Excuse me, destinations. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And so when I had friends over the years, I noticed that, you know, they would get in a little spat. And they'll be like, I'm not talking to her. And, you know, I only deal mm -hmm. with you. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. We're all friends. So I was that right. girl. Back in the day, you know, with the three-way, we mm -hmm. call a friend, hey, you know, how are you? Listen, don't hang up. I have someone uh, on the line. You know, mm -hmm. I, was, I was a peacemaker. Like, I, I just was always that because I believe that women are so powerful. Like, we really mm -hmm. are so powerful. We are on the forefront of everything that is going everything. on in the world. We are mm -hmm. the, on the forefront of our families. And there mm -hmm. is nothing better than sisterhood. And we True. need it. Um, with my Power 25, I tell these ladies, it was a study done by, uh, I believe it was Stanford University, where it was these mm -hmm. 10 women who had cancer. Mm -hmm. And five of them, um, and it was an experiment about sisterhood and about social support. So five of mm -hmm. these women, excuse me, it was 20. It was 20 women. 10 of these women had poor social circles. They didn't have girlfriends that they could call and you know, cry on their shoulder or lean on them. And the other 10 of the women who had cancer did. At the end wow. of the study, they found that the 10 women who had a strong support system lived and outlived longer than the women who did not. A lot of wow. the women that did not have a sisterhood or a strong support mm -hmm. circle, they ended up dying. You know, wow. and so sisterhood really is it's healing. It's healing. Mm -hmm. We need it. We, I, I love our, our men, but you will never understand me the way that a woman can understand me from a, mm -hmm. from a social, emotional standpoint. And so um, I just really try to get women to see that, like, there's nothing more powerful than having a sister. We should never compete and compare ourselves to another woman. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. just so pointless. It's like a, a never-ending cycle that really gets you nowhere. So what's the point of it? When we could just band gotcha. together and support one another. It just doesn't make any sense for me. But what started gotcha. me on that journey was the young woman writing to me when I published my first book. You know, mm -hmm. asking me for my opinion, asking me, you know, for my help. And to me, it was like a full circle moment of who I was as a woman and who I was as a person. Awesome. Perfect. Wow. Um, but, you know, it's funny because you said, you know, um, the fellas may not, you know, can understand from, you know, a woman's perspective. <laughs> no, no. But I will say, um, the advice that men give women can definitely help because sometimes you got to watch the women that's giving you advice too. Oh, no, absolutely. But that's why you, know <laughs> you have to know who your friends are. You have to know the difference yeah. between a woman that's praying on you and a woman that's praying for you. Mm -mm -mm. Say that. And, and you, mm. So for me, you have to know where to put people. So I have mm -hmm. friends and I have mm -hmm. associates 
and then mm -hmm. I have best friends that's been with me 20 plus years. You know what I mean? So it's like, absolutely. there's levels to love, there's levels to friendships, and there's levels to the way you deal with people. Because not mm -hmm. everyone can have that same access to you. Powerful. That's just what I believe. Absolutely. So, so with that, so you, you started your life coaching um, business and it's Powerology. Um, so for the people that know, if you want to explain kind of what, what Powerology is, Powerology is um, you, you are my life coach. So thank you for that. So you do help. You do help men. You know what I'm saying? So um, appreciate that, of course. Um, but yeah, so just explain to the people uh, what Powerology is and, and the rhythm behind it. So Powerology is my personal methodology. It's a study um, that helps mm -hmm. one to unleash their purpose, power, and potential. Um, and so there's a formula to the methodology that helps people go from powerless to powerful. So it's a pioneering, mm -hmm. innovating study, basically, that helps one unleash their purpose, their power, and their potential. Mm. Wow. Um, and I know that you have a book coming up that's releasing Ooh. soon um, that will... A hundred percent, completely break that down. Um, so, break down what powerology is. <laughs> yes. So, um, you, you guys can absolutely pre-order it right now. I know I did. Um, so definitely, um, you know, just uh, definitely go out uh, and pre-order that and show support to our lovely uh, sister here. He pre-ordered ten copies so that I could give my mentees. <laughs> that is like so sweet because they definitely need it. And I'm so blessed and grateful that you did that. Thank you. I, I definitely oh, appreciate it. Sometimes you just got to pay it forward. Um, Absolutely. So switching gears to uh, to mental health. Um, mm -hmm. You've been on the forefront. Um, you know, I've been seeing, you know, a lot of, a lot of your posts. Mm -hmm. You've been very verbal, very vocal. Um, you're a mother, you know, and you went from COVID to, you know, you know, having a child go through COVID, you know, as far as uh, going to school and, covid and then all the social unrest and injustices and things like that and you've been very vocal um about all of those things so how have you been able to kind of manage that all of those things in, in raising black boys as well right. um and your mental health right. like how have you been able to kind of compartmentalize those things and and manage yeah. your mental health look there's like no I think everyone in this moment is dealing with this at a different, at a different capacity, right? And mm -hmm. I can't say that there's a right way or a wrong way to feel or how to move right. in this uncertainty because we've never mm -hmm. been in a place like this. None of us have never experienced so many um, adversities coming at us at one time. You know, not only mm -hmm. in our personal lives, but when we look at the world, it's just unbelievable like the tension and the unassurance and the things that we're dealing with is a lot so I felt it and I feel every bit of it and and when mm -hmm. it first happened honestly I was um I was running myself a little ragged to be to be honest with you I I live I market myself as I'm in Los Angeles but I'm actually right. uh, two and a half hours away from Los Angeles mm -hmm. and yeah. so I was filming behind the scenes um, at that time so I was driving to LA every other weekend um, I had speaking engagements I was hopping on planes like every other weekend I literally was not resting on top of that um, I had a contract in the school district so I was coaching and teaching personal development Monday through Friday sometimes mm -hmm. I would hop on a plane and fly right back to be at mm -hmm. school Monday morning and so when it happened, I took it as an opportunity to regroup for myself. I took mm -hmm. it out as an opportunity to slow down and to rebrand and to mm -hmm. reconnect, you know, with God and just to enjoy the stillness. And I saw people in a panic, like, and I would see all these memes floating around social media, like, if you don't come out of quarantine with a book or a new business or... Mm -hmm. Yep. whatever then you ain't doing something correctly and I felt offended because I'm like hold up like <laughs> I yep. did not allow social media to pressure me I understood that rest is just as important as hustle mm. and there's a time and there's a season and there's a place for everything so I took that opportunity 
um, for the first couple of months to rest and to really mm -hmm. realign and not to focus so much on what was going on externally, but to focus on what was going on with myself internally. Um, and that really did a lot for me. And then mm. as time went on and we started to have all these racial tensions and I have an adult black son who was mm -hmm. in the house and I would, I, I honestly would feel afraid. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was just a lot going on and I felt like I had no control over things that were going on in my life. So I took it upon myself to give myself a challenge. The thing we struggle with in life is the things that we cannot control. Like we all have a control mm. issue. So I mm -hmm. decided personally to not eat meat for no other mm -hmm. reason. It wasn't like I was trying to get healthy, even though that should be the reason. <laughs> um, yeah. It was more um, to practice discipline, to see if mm. I can dedicate myself to myself, to see if I could do mm -hmm. something for Aisha and not well. everyone else in the world. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I gave myself mm -hmm. a challenge to cut off uh, meat. I started running uh, a mile, two miles a day just to give me some type of control over my life and over my situation. And with that, I was able to take some me time and and meditate. And I started to feel better. So all of the outside external things that was going on, it was affecting me to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I learned to observe the things in the world rather than to absorb the things in the world. Mm. Um, so that's how I've been dealing with it. I've just been taking t personal time for, so I would say give yourself a personal goal to be disciplined to so that you mm -hmm. can focus on yourself and you can focus on that goal so you can celebrate yourself and be proud of yourself. And when doing that, you also have a little bit of time for yourself, you know, to focus on you. And you'll feel good mm -hmm. about that. So even with all this chaoticness of everything else that is going on, you are still the first person that's the utmost importance. Wow. Awesome. So our question, it says, how many hours of sleep do you recommend? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I guess they say eight hours of sleep, right? Mm-hmm. I, I they, yeah, they that. yeah they say that. I mean, but you know, but I think that crazy right now. Yeah, I think you know, but we do live in a time and and where you know, especially well, from both where you're from and from where I'm from, being from Cali and from New York, like there's this thing that you don't sleep, like you sleep when you're dead, like you know, can't stop, won't stop, stuff like that, you know, and it's like sleep is sleep is a cousin of death, you know, stuff like that. We come from the era where that's always said, Absolutely. you know, where you where you have to always be on go 24-7, 365 yeah. in, or, in, in order to be productive. But if you keep going at that rate, your right. body's going to shut you down in one way or another. And most of the time, it's going to be in a way that you, that you don't like. <laughs> so. no. Capitalism in our country is so corrupt and it's so toxic that it makes you believe that this hustle 24-7 culture is normal. It's yeah. normal. It's normalized. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing mm -hmm. normal about it. There's nope. nothing normal about it. And it's sad because I see people hustling so hard um, for that bag, chasing the money, but they're forgetting mm -hmm. about the things that they once dreamed of that meant something to them, whether that yes. was to get married or to, to have a child or or to do whatever it is because they're just so focused on the finances of things. And I have to say, our, mm -hmm. our government doesn't make it any easier for us because, it's, like I said, we could barely work a nine to five and survive without having a side hustle or a side business. Right. So, we're under pressure by the conditions of this world, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it right. really is important to rest and take care of yourself. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then even the corporations that you work for, sometimes have you working 12, 13, 14 hours. And then by the time you're, you're finished, you're drained, you're tired, you're, you're aggy. And then you don't have time to even work on your own stuff right. because you're too busy, like you said earlier, you know, making money for somebody else, right? And right. They don't care so, about us. They don't care about us <laughs> our well-being, they care about the dollars. You know what I mean? Right. What that dollar is going to do for them. So it's our personal responsibility to take care of ourselves first and foremost. Mm. And, and to really put our focus back. Listen, life is so precious, but mm -hmm. it's so fleeting. 
Right. It's so fleeting. And we're seeing that more and more and more during these times. So I suggest everybody, whatever it is in your heart, whatever it is that you want out of this life, you better get it today. Mm -hmm. You better work on that right now. Like the meaningful mm -hmm. things. I'm not talking about the money. The money will come. The money will go. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I done had it all and lost it all and I'm rebuilding it again. The money will come. Yes. But mm -hmm. those meaningful things are fleeting. Mm -hmm. And you have to seize those opportunities to for your soul. You know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. I think everyone just gets so wrapped up in the perception of reality. Right. But not even focus on what reality really is. What's really real. Right. True. What's really meaningful. Mm -hmm. That's where your power is. Mm. Listen, man. If I'm going to tell you how to go out and get this book, it's gonna be amazing. Um, she she drops a lot of she drops a lot of gems. I'm I'm trying to tell you. Um, so I think you know you and I talk about this often, but it's just the power of communication, expression, and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know that that's my thing. Um, I think it's so important to for us to learn, especially as a people, to learn how to communicate effectively, learn how to express our feelings um, in a healthy way, and learn how to be vulnerable. And learn how to be vulnerable, um, especially, you know, for, for us men, we might have a lot of problems with that. Um, right. And that derives from ego and just different things like right. that. Um, so how has those things kind of impacted your life, you know, as far as communication, expression? How important are those things to you? Um, and what advice would you give somebody on maybe on how to open up to be more vulnerable, learn how to communicate better, learn how to express themselves right. better? Man, communication is so important mm -hmm. but more than communication is comprehension because mm -hmm. I could communicate all the day but mm -hmm. you're only going to understand by the level of your understanding mm -hmm. right okay so mm -hmm. yes I believe that communication is the, the a, a fundamental uh, necessity that we need is vital for life and business mm -hmm. but um, it only moves based off of someone's comprehension right Communication mm -hmm. is the bridge between clarity and confusion. Mm. Um, so it's vital. I, I believe that that communication heals. Communication mm -hmm. um, it elevates, it extends, it expands. Everyone wants to be heard. Um, everyone wants to be validated, but not everybody mm -hmm. wants to listen. Nope. Mm -hmm. And people listen with the intent to defend. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh my God, do we not see that going on so much right now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. The world people are so fixated on their ideas that they're not open-minded to hear the thoughts and the ideas of a whole nother human being. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We all grew up differently. We all have consumed different um, intelligence or information or experiences. But mm -hmm. we're so turned off to the world or turned off to other people instead of being open and and vulnerability is the vehicle that allows that yes and it you is. cannot allow you cannot be so sensitive to what other people think about you mm -hmm. because the reality is you're not for everybody and that's okay and you have to be okay with that but if you're never able to be how could i say this have you ever been around someone who just doesn't know who they are? Yes. Like, it is such a uncomfortable, <laughs> it is such an uncomfortable, sad feeling. Mm -hmm. Because you know that damn well they don't even know who they are. And so they can't even accept what you're telling them because they don't even yes. know what their values and beliefs are. True. It is such an uncomfortable feeling. And so you have to be comfortable with who you are. You have mm -hmm. to go back to your values, your beliefs, and be and just stand firm on that and how you feel. But you have to be open mm. to be able to hear what other people are trying to tell you. And I think a lot of people um, have these narcissistic ways about them. Um, where they see themselves above 
people and they just don't want to tolerate. They don't want to hear nothing you have to say, but you can learn from anyone. I learn lessons mm -hmm. every day from my 13-year-old daughter. You can learn oh, from she's a five-year-old. <laughs> you can learn from yeah. anyone. If you're open and you hear, you mm -hmm. will learn from anyone. You just have to be willing to not think of yourself so highly. Mm. Because wisdom is knowing that you know nothing at all. Mm. That's powerful. Wow. So, yeah, vulnerability, I mean, don't be scared to open yourself up to people. And unfortunately, some people are jerks. And, yeah, you know, when you get to that raw part of you and you share something with someone and they disregard you, it's very hard for a person to open back up. It's very mm -hmm. hard for a person to open back up with you. But you do yourself a disservice by mm -hmm. taking that experience from that one individual and then mm -hmm. projecting it off on every single other person that you meet. Right. And so it's like you shut 100%. your you, you shut off your growth. You shut off your love. You shut off you shut mm -hmm. off your knowledge. So mm -hmm. it's okay to be vulnerable. Two hundred percent. And I always say I, I know sometimes people might say this is a little extreme, but I always be like, listen, I didn't die. Like I've been brokenhearted. I've I've been, you know, People have said things about me. People have, you know, broken my heart. They cheated. Right. They've done. They, they, you know, left and right. You know, stole from me. It's just the oh, the God. list is endless, right? Right. But that's never going to change. You know, the person who I am supposed to be. You know, um, and the thing is, if I'm still here, if I'm still breathing, if I'm still have a chance at it each and every day, then I'm still going to be vulnerable. I'm still going to open up to you. I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to be that person. That's um, because it's not for you. It's Absolutely. it's for me. Exactly. And I and I think we got to get to a point to where it's just like you know what, vulnerability is true power. It really and is. It's like it's just like you said. I'm not gonna let somebody else now determine or dictate my life in such a major way because now you've taken that away from me. Right. Now what? Right. And now they're gone. And now the other person's off going about their business, living their life, living their best life. Right. And and prospering and going and, and and going forth and you're here stuck, and I think that's the thing. Um, so you know you're absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, vulnerability the, is not telling your business. It's just not like saying everything you want to say on social media or right. feeling like because right. I tell you all my business, I'm vulnerable with you. You have to use discernment with people. As yes. I said before, there are levels to love. There are levels mm. to relationships and so you have to mm -hmm. know who you're dealing with because sometimes it's your own fault if you're going off being vulnerable to somebody who you know damn well don't really care about you because yes. they've proven you proven to you time and time again that they don't care about you but then you choose mm -hmm. to be vulnerable to that person who disrespects you or just dis mm. disregards you then where does that self-accountability come in at accountability is key it mm. is definitely so we have to take accountability for how we allow other people to deal with us as well and we have to um be careful what we share with other people not to mm -hmm. be cut off from everyone but just to use good discernment when you're sharing with people yeah because and accountability doesn't deserve access to your story they don't. absolutely and it's true and accountability is, is so key because we like to talk about everybody else oh yeah but they did this and they no well what did you allow right like what did you consistently loud because as human beings we want what we want right we want that person to be x y and z right exactly. so we continuously treat them as such because that's what we want knowing up here that is that that's not the truth so uh right. accountability is key you're 100 percent right mean, we put expectations on people that they don't even possess within themselves mm -mm. talk that we talk put so much expectations on pe people can only give you what they have inside of them to give mm -hmm. and you have to know who that person is like I spoke to you before it's just that feeling I, I mean I can't tell you in so much detail but it's that feeling of knowing you're talking to someone or you're sharing a moment with someone and you're like this person does not even know who they are so mm. how can you share a vulnerable heartfelt emotional subject with someone who does not even have it in themselves to take time to know who they are. How are they going to help you when they mm -hmm. can help themselves? Yep. And 
it's it's about ca- capacity. It's like a, a lot of times we tend to love people that don't love on the same capacity Absolutely. as us. So we could love on a two hundred percent, and they might could love on thirty percent, right. and those two things just don't add up. So you'll always feel empty. You'll always yeah. feel alone. You'll always feel that so? because they don't have the same capacity as you. This is the perfect time. It's not a test. I don't like tests. But this is mm-hmm. the perfect time to examine mm-hmm. those people. Because anybody mm-hmm. in this time going through all of this external obstacles and hardships and loss that we're going through in the world, mm-hmm. and they still got time to have drama, and they still have mm-hmm. time to find fault, and they still got time to point fingers, and they still got time for negativity. Mm-hmm. Those are not people that I want in that circle that I talk about. Mm. Because where's your heart? Where's your heart? Mm. If you still have time to hold grudges and and all of that during a a time like this, those are not people that I want in my circle. Because Mm. I feel like, like, where's your heart? And what's holding you in bondage that way to where, like, Real life encounters don't shake your core. Wow. Mm. So I know you got to run. Just one more thing. You you do something called the Power Twenty Five, um, and I just kind of just wanted to. And I, I think it's super dope. And I, I know that you know with COVID, you can't you know you can't probably you know travel a lot now. But you were doing that um, for women. And I thought that was amazing. So if you just kind of want to explain just what that is, and at some point, once this is all over, maybe people can get involved with it. Absolutely, I know. So we took our last, if we would have known uh, Mexico was our last hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might have extended that another week. <laughs> days, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, Power 25 started as a conversational um, dinner event where mm-hmm. it was just 25 women and I do something called the sisterhood audit of which I kind of talked about earlier mm-hmm. and it the first one blew me away and uh the lady's like when's the next one when's the next one I was like uh we're gonna do it next month and so right. we, we took it to LA and ladies flew in from you know all over the state with 25 ladies again and the lady, they asked, they said, can you always please keep it at 25? Can you keep it intimate? And I was like, absolutely. And the conversations, you talk about vulnerability and the sisterhood that I saw and I felt in that room was like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And my mm-hmm. heart was so very full. I, I almost, I'm not going to say I lost hope in women because like I said, I don't compare every I don't compare every experience I have and projected on the next person but I have right. had a lot of difficulties with women um stealing from me um blocking me out of certain circles you know I lived overseas for 10 years mm. and so when I wrote my two books living abroad and I came back to the United States where do you go as a grown woman to meet like-minded women where do you go I'm not in college I'm not Mm-hmm. I don't know clubs, you know, it's like, where do you go to right. meet these women? And mm-hmm. I wanted to meet women who were in the same space that I was, doing women empowerment. Right. Um, so I would reach out to women, like, hey, you know, my name's Aisha. I would look for people who exuded the same characteristics and heart that I thought that they had. Mm. And so by doing that, I would invest in people because no one really wants to connect with you or talk to you if you're not at first investing in them. So I would invest in other people's things. I would fly across wherever uh, to link up with these women and Mm -hmm. they would break my heart. Like they would literally break my heart because I would be vulnerable in the things that I'm looking for and the things that I needed. But instead of them seeing me as a sister, of the same heart or the same mind, they would immediately feel threatened by me wow. or start competing with me. And I just didn't understand it because I'm not that person. I don't have that in me. So it, I would cry because I did not freaking understand it. I mm-hmm. honestly was like, oh, my God, I 
this is weird and this is new to me. You know, I left mm. here at 22 years old. Mm. You know, and I come back and it's like, it was just the weirdest thing. So I was tired of sitting at tables where I felt I had to prove myself. Or people only wanted me at a table because of who I was married to. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I decided to create my own, and that's what I did with Power 25. I believe that my vibe would attract my tribe, and those who had a heart of like-minded with mine would come out, and that is exactly what happened. So we ended mm -hmm. up touring um, and taking Power 25 to different cities, different states, and the sisterhood just grew. So we took our uh, trip to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And that was the last thing that we had. But we are online community, Power 25 Collective. Um, we're mm -hmm. working on a membership site right now. And the ladies are just some of the most beautiful, loving, giving people that I've ever met in my life. So I'm so honored. And I'm so grateful to have those type of women in my tribe. And during this time, you know, we're doing Zooms. We're trying to stay connected to one another. Um, I do have our next retreat planned out in Jamaica. Not Ooh. sure when it's going to happen. I postponed mm -hmm. it and I'm pushing it back, but but as soon as they set us free, we out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So on a last note, is there anything that you would if you looked at a twenty one year old you, a young woman, um, what advice would you give her? Oh man, don't focus on no boy or none of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't focus hey, that's on good, no that's man. good advice. They coming. Like, hey. focus on yourself. Like, seriously, mm. this is what I tell my high schoolers, you know, they're 18, 19, some of them 20. It's like, whatever it is that you dream of, dreamt of as a child or the thing that you wanted to be, it is not out of reach. It mm. really, literally is not out of reach. The world is not as big as it appears to be. And you know someone that knows someone that knows someone who could connect the dots for you. So... Mm. I would say really get back to that thing that you always, the thing that you always dreamed of doing, do it. Break mm. it down into micro steps and you will get there. But when we let go of the, the dream of our heart, when we let it go, all we do is delay the process. Not saying you won't mm. get there. Not saying you won't get there in life, but why not get there as soon as you can? Exactly. So that you can have happiness. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And on the flip side, you are raising, you know, you know, you did raise a young man. So if you were talking to somebody that was your son's age and giving him advice, what would you tell him? Yeah, I tell them the same thing. They same thing. All of my mm -hmm. son and his friends, I'm like, you know, what are you guys doing? Like like I said, life is precious, but it's so fleeting. Mm -hmm. You don't know mm -hmm. when it's up. None of us do. So mm -hmm. why prolong something that's going to bring you joy? Mm -hmm. Why prolong something that's going to... And it's not a rush. It's not a rush to do. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, my God, I need to hurry up and figure out my life and put it all together. No, it's just yeah. doing whatever makes you feel good right now. You know what I mean? Just working mm -hmm. towards that goal or trying to achieve that dream. But it's no rush. Like, I think a lot of young people, because this glamorized success Yes. This glamorized popularity. They feel so rushed to like become this millionaire True. or like this overnight success or to be this or to be that. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like money is good. It provides you with opportunities, but it does not just give you internal happiness. True. It just it doesn't. It doesn't give you internal happiness. So, you know, like my son was like, Oh my god, I gotta I'm figuring out the stock market and I love his hustle. I love his grind. Don't get me wrong, but he's like, mm -hmm. I gotta figure this out, mom. I gotta be a millionaire. I'm like, why? Like, why are you rushing? Mm -hmm. You don't don't you don't have to be pressured to be anything. You don't have to be pressured by the world. Like it. Mm -hmm. There's no competition. True. There's no need to feel that 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 pressure. True. It just and the only like thing so much anxiety. Oh my gosh, so much. And the only and the last thing I add to that is, fellas, please invest in your mental health at an early age. Um, invest in writing journaling um Absolutely. expressing your feelings at an early age don't wait till you're 30 40 to try to do that um if possible just get out there and just practice um expression um yeah. it's not a fem it's not a feminine thing 
expression is not a feminine thing it's a necessary thing so that's what i add to that as well um in today's age for like well i don't know about young men yet but men like older men like i love seeing that they're taking more conscious thought and opportunity into their mental health like they're actually because for so long you see women like huh you know, we're on it. You guys are we're the best. We got groups <laughs> and teas and brunches and getaways and like. Yes. And there's nothing wrong. I wish more men did that. Like, I wish more men loved on themselves and, and had that brotherhood. Like, we have a sisterhood and like, mm -hmm. you guys need that just as much as we need that. Matter of fact, I'm begging y'all to do that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and, I, and young men as well, like, they really need to learn to love on themselves and know that it's not a woman thing. It's not it's a not. gender thing. It's a human mm -hmm. thing. Yes. Like we all human. need it individually. For sure. Mm -hmm. It's important. And that's why I've been trying to highlight a lot of that to our young men. You know, because I know when when you come from the era that we come from, a lot, right. you know, a lot of times communication wasn't a thing. You know, unless it's about money or getting the bag or like, you know, talking about your emotions wasn't a thing. You know, it's viewed as, as feminine. That's what girls do. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, nah, girls have the blueprint. They are here healed. You know what I'm saying? They are they are here expressing themselves, you know? And it's amazing that when I go out there and if I do some of these speaking engagements and on self-improvement, self-help and, and personal d development, yo, it's 97% women. And the 3% of men that's there, it's because their wife dragged them there or their mom dragged them there, you know, I mean, to be a part of it. And it's just kind of sad, but I do see the tides changing a little bit, but you know, for me, I'm going to be on the forefront of this whole thing too when it comes to, to the young men. So, you know what? Each I one, love each one. So, the 11 years that I've been doing it and the programs that I developed, you, including yourself, I've only had six male clients in 11 years. Wow. Six. Only four that came out of the life coaching program. Four. And wow. I believe you were one of the first that was like, I need to not just be, because you said, you said a lot of men who come out of this field want to talk to women. They want to be like, All the time. right? And you said, I want to not only do that, but I want to be a voice to men and help them with their healing as well. And I was, right. I thought that was so powerful. And I was so, my heart was so happy because I, it's just not enough men doing that. And the men right. that do do it, they want to tell us how we need to be in relationships and blah, you know, not saying anything wrong with it, but it's like, yo, you and all these men used to have focus on. <laughs> yeah, like, but they know where the merchandise sales are. They know, like, they, they they know the game, absolutely. you know, of who, you know, so it's... And I get it, but at the same right. time, like, help you pick your brother up. Mm -hmm. Being seen and not heard, emotionally pent up generation. Oh yeah, that's that's so true. You know, yeah, yeah. I, to like not have mm -hmm. opinions. So yeah, I was so it's, different with my kids. Not saying that I was like their peer or anything, but I've always kept communication open with my children. Like I didn't. I want mm -hmm. them to be able to talk to me about absolutely any and everything. Um, right. Because I didn't grow up that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up that way. When my mom found out I was having sex, she literally made me feel like I wanted to commit suicide. Mm, wow. And I know I've broken her heart, you know, when I tell her that the way she treated <laughs> me was uh -huh. like, oh my God. Like, mm -hmm. she. I never wanted my kids to feel that way because we're human and we're going to mm -hmm. make decisions and we're going to do things of this world because we're in this world. And yep. if I can't be there for you as your parent, as your, as your, you know, as your mom and, and, and allow you to be vulnerable with me, then they're going to grow up guarded and be that way with other people. Yep. Yep. And, and that's why I was wanted to try to break down this, this generational rhetoric, this old generational yeah. rhetoric. I, because we're raising, especially our boys, we're, we're raising them in an Amazon generation, but giving them right. Toys R Us values. But Toys R Us values, and Toys R Us is out of business. It's gone. Right. 
right. you know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to give our young boys tools, the tools that they need starting from an early age, not to try to heal them at 30 years old. That doesn't, Absolutely. that's a much harder thing to do than to teach them the right things at the age of seven, eight, or youngest four, five, six, seven, eight, and give them the same tools that you give our young women. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, you know, that's where I'm at, you know, and that's why I'm doing the things that, that I'm doing because how can we ever have a healed community and healed homes if we don't ever teach our men things except for get money and sleep with women? Exactly. That's, to me, like, there's got to be something else. Like, we've, we've, we've got to get away from this. Yes, there, there is a, a time for that, but there's a time for you to also learn different values as a man. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, it's just, we have to be multifaceted as men. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and also teaching that providing for a home is more than just financial. Absolutely. It's about being present and amongst yeah. other things too. So, right. you know, you know, so I know that you have to, to get up out of here um, and do a few things. Um, okay. He said, we say it takes a village to raise a child. But happens when the village is is sick and in denial. Keep helping us heal. We are slowly getting there. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Um, so I know you have to get out of there, get out of here. Um, thank you again for doing this with me. I really do appreciate it. Um, I think it's going to help a lot of people and, and have helped a lot of people doing this. Um, I created this platform to just have open conversations and, and dialogues with, with people like you who are successful but also have a heart for people um, right. and are doing the right things too um, in the world. And it's not afraid to be, be vulnerable. So thank you. Um, well, thank you for doing this. Definitely. Um, if you want to, <laughs> definitely. Um, if you want to tell people where they can reach you, um, give, give them your social media handles and all of that. And go from there. Uh, it's just Aisha underscore Nicole on, on every mm -hmm. platform. Okay, perfect. It's like I said, please go pre-order this book. Go get it. You know what I mean? Get it for gifts for, for, for people that, that need some healing and that want some personal uh, development. Um, and I'm excited. I'm proud of you. Thank you for doing this. You are a queen of the highest order. We, we honor you. I honor you. Not just today, but every, every day. All right. So listen, we'll talk right. to you soon, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for everything. No problem. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you all for joining in. Um, we'll be back. I'll be back again on Thursday at 6, six o'clock with another in incredible guest. Thank you for joining me. This has been another episode of Conversations of the Heart. You guys have been great. Thank you. Peace.